Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we have a very like specific show that we have for everyone in store today. It's a very Oscar-centric show, to say the least. Yeah, it's Oscar, it's Oscar season, but yes, you know. But you already knew that when you clicked on this episode, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, we are reviewing two films this week. One of which is our foreign film of the month. Uh, Flea, a Danish film, which was voiced and produced by Riz Ahmed, which I didn't know. Uh, Night and Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Tormo's movie that he wrote and directed. He also helped uh, Kim Morgan also helped write this movie as well, starring oh. Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett, and Tony Collette, uh, and Ron Perlman and William Dafoe. William Dafoe, I didn't, I, I didn't realize he was in this movie. I was like, oh shit, it's the uh, Green Goblin. Well, it's funny because uh, Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man No Way Home premiered on the same day. And and let me tell you, nobody went to go see Nightmare Alley in the theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, Guillermo, but you, you could have picked any other date to release your movie. I'm just like, saying. But I think he knew. He's like, it's an yeah. Oscar movie anyway. He goes, sure. It wasn't going to be anywhere near Spider-Man. <laughs> no, absolutely Although it, not. it stayed up. It was up there. It was. I think it, it was in the top three when it, at least when it premiered, I think, right? No, it wasn't even, it was not even in the top remember. three. I don't even well, remember. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it is unfortunate. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this movie a little bit later. It's now available to watch. Actually, both of these movies uh, are available to watch on Hulu. Um, uh, Nightmare Alley is also available to watch on HBO Max. Uh, it's kind of one of those deals that Disney still has with Warner Brothers and with because that's all the, the Fox stuff and they have the streaming rights. It's it's a whole bunch of stuff that we don't understand, but I can just see it as like, well, you can watch this movie in two places. So yeah. If you have one or the other, good for you. If you have both, you have options. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, whichever that—that's the true test of the, the the preferred streaming service. Like, where where did you go watch it? Hulu or HBO Max? Oh, uh, Hulu, because I was Hulu. already watching Flea on Hulu. That same here. That's exactly yeah. how I did. It's like we're already here. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be diving into that. It's Nightmare Alley is actually surprisingly nominated for Best Picture. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that considering like tick tick boom and other films were like up there for a little bit but yeah. it it wheels it its way in there and uh, we'll see if it's worth that best picture just a little bit into the show but first we're going to dive into some news and it's going to be oscar centric it's news is very light this week which right before we started recording Ernesto said you know what that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that, I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take it. it. <laughs> that they, there's not that much news. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Some some weeks are better than others. But there's only really one news story that is worth talking about this week. Um, and it's the, definitely pertaining to the Oscars. So several major Academy Awards will not be presented 
on the air during this year's Oscars in, in an effort to present a more streamlined and television-friendly broadcast. Right there, I have so many questions and concerns, but let me finish <laughs> reading that first. <laughs> uh, eight, honorary, or eight honors will instead be awarded during off-air parts of the show and then edited into the telecast. The Oscars recognized 23 categories in total, but the show has been criticized for long being for, for being long-winded and its ratings have struggled in recent years, which is true. Yes. Uh, the awards that will be handed out earlier in the ceremony are for docu- documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. The ceremony will start one hour before the on-camera portion begins in the order to uh, in order to accommodate uh, those changes. Clips of the speeches will be folded into the live tele- televised broadcast. That's similar in the approach to what the Tonys do and other televised ceremonies have done with awards that recognize technical achievements. So... Ernesto, okay. your your thoughts on all that? Like, what 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 are your thoughts of the kind of you have you normally they are awarded twenty three categories on air, and now eight of those categories are not going to be live. I guess um, it sucks for like you know because obviously the people who are behind the scenes are more important than are just as important as the people who are on screen. But I can but that makes sense. It's not like you're not gonna see it. Not like you're just gonna get like a like a graphic that just has like the names and like some music. Like no, yeah. we're actually gonna see the speeches from the people who won who won from these. So I okay. I could see it. And and it's true, like the Oscars do take a long time. It could easily be an hour and a half. Hour, hour and a half. Easy. Well it's funny because they're normally about three hours long. Yeah, which I, I agree that that is that is an extensive amount of time. But to to that credit, for example, like there there's one category on here that I hold near and dear, and Ernesto, you know that I I love and we love movie scores. Yes, the music in a movie is quintessential to the success of the movie. Like if you have a great score. You can also have a good movie, but if you don't have a good movie and have a great score, like that's hand in hand. And yeah. not to discredit any of the other um, other eight awards that are not going to be presented, but that one hit home for me a little bit. Like you're not going to give original score; it's due for a live production. Of all the ones to cancel, like I mean, to not show live, like John Williams, Michael Ciacchino, Hans Zimmer. These are names. That create these like you hear John Zimmer. Uh, sorry, wow, that's two names, two different people. You hear John Williams. You hear Back to the Future. No, wow, I'm not. I'm not here today. That's Alan Silvestri. Um, <laughs> John John Williams, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, E.T. Like come Star Wars. Come on. I mean, I, I and I totally and I totally get it. But I but they have to, if they want people to watch they have to make certain changes and maybe the first, after this year they may switch maybe they switch some maybe one of those comes out and another one goes in so yeah it's easily it's very much possible i think that part of the reason why it's so long and this is where i have again back to the music my little beef about it is that you are given best original song its own live production but also for best original song they have each 
each artist, I guess, performed that said song for the Oscars. Not for nothing, Ernesto, but I don't think we need that. I don't think we've ever yeah, needed that. I don't think you we could, need that. Maybe just from the winner. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like pronounce, But then that would the give it away. But then that would give it away. Like they all. Well, I guess they would all have to show up anyway. Right. Well, like, just do it afterward. Like, okay, the winner will perform the song. Like, yeah. We, they we all practice. Need... They all bring their stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, who knows who's going to win? It's going to be a yeah. big surprise. Uh, but like they do the 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 pageantries and like they they have a concert for everybody there uh, and you know and part of telecast and, like that's why your show's three hours kill the songs that's already an hour gone yeah like you know people can go to iTunes and listen to those songs again not to discredit the performance but still um, I just want to see the results <laughs> I, I mean a lot of people just want to see the results that they wake up the next morning and be like yep all right there there best picture cool cool yeah nice. <laughs> Some people just look at Best Picture and that's it. They're like, oh, and Best like, Picture? That, that's the one I got to check out at least. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the one where the movie theaters are like, all right, now come back to the theater to see the Best Picture winner. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it, there's there's always been a lot of conversations about what the Oscars can do to minimize the, the, the time. And I guess now we're seeing it in full force um, by – Taking, getting rid of eight categories. And like Ernesto, you were saying that it does suck because a lot of hard work goes into these. And you would think that, you know, you give everyone their due, but, you know, for all we know, this still could be three hours. Yeah, and, we and just we're have still long... seeing it. We're, it's not like we're yeah, not seeing it anymore. We still true. get to see it. Very true. So that's changing if you are looking forward to watching the Oscars this year. Um, in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, it was announced last week that Regina Hill, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes are now confirmed to host the 94th Academy Awards. The trio will be the first to host the Oscars since Jimmy Kimmel emceed the 2018 ceremony. The Oscars went without a host from 2019 to 2021. The Academy also announced it's letting Twitter users vote on their favorite films that were released in 2021, regardless of if the film was nominated for an Oscar, using the hashtag... Oscars fan favorite, the film that receives the most fan votes by March 3rd will be recognized during the awards broadcast on March 27th. Again, back to my point. We're going to get rid of original score to leave room for let's see what the fans want. Come on. Uh, But I get it, though. But my problem is that if they are just using just Twitter... Like, then that's a very that's a selective group of people. Like, what if they people who watch the Oscar movies like us, but we don't use Twitter, right? <laughs> but then, may- and then how many of those people are just gonna be spamming them like with with like really bad movies? Like, what if somebody's you know what I mean? You get a group of people and just they're sending them movies that they hate to see if it to see if it would win just to mess up the Oscars. Yeah, and there is that, and actually there's a you can also cast your vote because I went on their website and you can type it in. You don't have oh, okay. to use the hashtag. Oh, okay, but okay. at but to your point, people can easily spam that. Like I don't yeah. it's it's hard to justify that yes, these this is the movie that if you can type in any movie that came out in 2021, that can easily be spammed. I prefer like okay, Oscars, you choose a list of fan favorites. And and then we'll choose from that curated list, I guess, because I I don't I don't like this. Like if yeah. I I'm not a big fan of that. 
Um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were saying you have 10 nominations. Not one of the nominations you can give out a popular award. Like, like meaning that out of the 10 items to, to receive Best Picture, one of them could be, like, a populist um, nomination. Oh, like, you vote – you've like, what is the fan favorite of the of the Best Picture? Well, not not exactly. It's like it's almost like for, for for example, like for Avengers Endgame, that movie had changed cinema history, like biggest box office, doing this, doing that. And yet when you go to the Oscars that year, like all it gets is like a Viz effects uh, category. Like, yeah, look, what, look what it did for cinema history. You know, yeah, like that's I the agree. biggest movie of all time. That's not even going to be recognized as this. I'm not saying this because it's a superhero movie, but. The podcast I was listening to has a point. And so now you have Spider-Man, who is doing all this work at the end of the year of, like, breaking box office records, doing this, doing that. And so it's like, yeah, why not receive, like, just a nom for those achievements and not just, well, thanks for your vis effects. Yeah. That, you did was... good. You, you you did good to at least be mentioned at the Oscars. Right. See, but, but then – but this is what's going to turn people away from the Oscars because – you know, the masses is starting to recognize that that some of these superhero movies do deserve to be at least to be more recognized. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you say these movies are better. If you put, I can tell you from my own personal experience, some of the movies I don't agree with some of the movies that are on Best Picture. No, I think you could take easily take some of those out and you can put in like Spider Man or um, I could, that's pretty, the most recent one from last year that I can that could easily be that could easily be replaced up there. Like, Absolutely. That, but some of them are just up there just because they're like quote unquote Oscar bait. Right. Exactly. And like that shouldn't be the case. I think in the future we should be seeing some changes when it comes to what like it's not just uh, that select group of people who watch those set of movies. It should be all movies that come out from all different genres. Like I, it, it's sad that it was a big deal that Get Out was nominated for Best Picture. Because it was a horror movie. Now, I granted a lot of horror movies have won Best Picture at the time, but Get Out was a very recent one that was like good, good for you. Like the the it was a crowd pleaser. It was a great movie. Everyone loved it, and I'm glad the Academy recognized it. And the same for Black Panther. That was a phenomenal movie. But I feel like in those cases, it should happen more often. At least out of the ten, you have ten slots to fill. Give one of them to, like, the popular movie of the year. It doesn't hurt to do that. And if you look at the committee, and, like, the committee is comprised of mostly older people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no, like, these people are probably seasoned. These are, they can, obviously, they consider them the most seasoned people in cinema, I guess. Right. I guess you would say. But... Like, I don't know. I would like to see a little bit of a younger mix to get so you get an all a well round well rounded perspective of what we all think is a movie that deserves the highest honor. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And and that's how it should be. It it should be well rounded. And and obviously a couple of years ago it was the Oscars so white movement that like no uh no one of black 
um, black actors or anything, anything like black directors, they weren't being nominated. And it's like, they're making some really good stuff here, not even recognizing that those works. And so I think over the years, they are slowly changing that Golden Globes over here is definitely learning a big lesson on that. Um, so I, it, it feels like that we might get to it eventually, but I feel like as you know, Ernesto, a lot of people don't really care about the Oscars. And so they're kind of yeah. like, why does it matter of how these people tell me what's the best movie of the year when I can see any movie that I want and claim it as the best movie of the year to me? A hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, if you Google the search, it's like I, I'm kind of disappointed. I expected to see a much at least a mix of a younger crowd. Once again, I'm sure these people like really know their shit. Sure, yeah. I, I'm sure they do. I mean, but there there is a mindset like there are people who may not be as experienced, but have the same amount of knowledge and the same appreciation, but are but can also but they you them being younger has a they have a a different mindset, right? You know, also, I don't know. And for all we know, Ernesto, we could have seen more movies than them last year. We saw a lot of movies. We did. Who, well, who, I don't who, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they've seen quite a bit. I'm pretty busy, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we did a pretty decent dent into the movies that came out last year. Yeah, and, and some that and we I, saw, some that we saw before, like even before the list was dropped. Some of them we were like, oh, we've seen this, we've seen this, yeah, we've seen exactly. that, we've seen that. So it's I don't know. It's it's all subjective at this point. But as far as and for us is concerned, this is all just in good fun. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So anyway, Oscars complicated, but. Anyway, we'll be tuning in for the most part. But uh, I do I, like the but I do like the idea of having the Oscar fan favorite. Like I, I think I, I think it's a good I think it's a good idea. I think it's good to get the input from from the masses so that we can compare it to the movies that they pick. That's but my fair. only fear is trolls and people scamming. Yeah. I will say that we are we are, we have the building blocks of a decent idea here. I don't think it's flushed out yet. Yeah, it's just not uh, executed correctly. Correct, correct. Uh, but anyway, we'll be keeping up with the Oscars and any other changes, as well as keep reviewing these movies that are coming out in the months and well, about a month or so leading up to the uh, the Oscar presentation, which is on March 27th. Uh, so there you go. That's all the news we have for you guys this week. Uh, we told you it was going to be light. As always, you can hit us up on our social media channels uh, for all the latest and breaking news on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and on Facebook at box office bingers. So now we're going to move over to a fun segment we like to call What You Watch. And so, Ernesto, what have you been watching? I, 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 you know, I've got quite a bit on my list and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm still making little dents here in, in the Oscar list of stuff I actually have left. Okay. So, first off, I finally we're finally on the last season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes. And I watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I totally understand what you're talking about. It just I felt like it was, even the way it ended. It was just really dark. Yes. Yes. And I, I and yeah. I understand and I understand like wanting to bring these things up. I just felt like. This show has been known for like escapism and mm-hmm. not really like yeah bringing up relevant social issues, but I th- I feel like they they like almost like they were trying like almost like it was a little it felt a little forced for me. Absolutely. Like there's ways to bring it up and it not be forced. Like the past episode um, when Terry gets a, when Terry when he's looking for his kid stuffed animal and he gets mm-hmm. pulled over by the cop, like that was a good. It, 
and they they just because he's black and they didn't know that he was a cop. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, like to me that wasn't forced. Like to me that was that was well placed and well written into the episode, and it mm-hmm. made and it made sense for what was happening. Like this pulled me out, and I feel like, and I just felt a little forced. And then the I feel like Rose Rose's character arc is I I don't know. It doesn't feel like her anymore, right? Yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 here. You're you're. You're preaching to the choir right no, now. No, because I but thought yeah. – bec- like, because you told me about the episode. But the Rosa thing, like, at, at first I thought it was just me. Like, I mm-hmm. asked my wife. I was like, is it just me or does it feel like her character is, like, not the same person? Like, it just feels a little off. And I don't know if it continues like that through the rest of the season. I've actually seen – we're on either two or three. And there's okay. an episode where they go to Holt's cabin. Yes. And Rosa's there. And I felt like that was a weird char- – I felt like those were weird character choices that they had her do. Not necessarily the act, but it was like the way she was acting while she was there. That's my way of talking about it without giving it away. Yeah, I feel like my issue with Rosa in that season was like they did what they did in episode one, right? And now they keep trying to figure out ways to bring her back to the story. And it's like we didn't need to do that in the first place. What, whatever you did in episode one – you could have done it the at the the last episode or the you know the last three episodes, like I don't think you needed to do that so early because now you're just like well, Rose is part of the friend group, so we're still gonna pluck her into these scenarios. Actually, you now that you say that, you know what would be better, and this is me not knowing the how the season ends mm-hmm. is if. They they start the season with her frustration and an overarching thing for her character is to see that change to want to to do what she does mm-hmm. that what what she does in the in the like the opening of the first season. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you build, if I would I would think I would have been better off with that than seeing her build up to it because we just spent seven years of you seven plus years of you as this like dedicated person to this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for you to and I understand that those things happen and and this was traumatic for us to go through as a country, but like I I don't know. Like it to me it just for her as a person who she was, it just didn't it felt like it was it was too much of a it was too much it was too abrupt at once. Like I felt like right. we needed to build up. We needed we needed to see her go through the frustration to hit to hit that point. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I totally agree with that. I the again, for a show like Superstore, to have those, to hit those hard hitting issues, to talk about those hard hitting issues, is nothing new for the show. And so when you see them do that, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And you throw a little bit of comedy in there. But Brooklyn Nine Nine. Before the pandemic, never touched anywhere between police brutality and racism within it and what the public views of the police. And they kind of just put that all into one episode and it it took me out of it. And then episode two comes around and like, okay, we did the thing. Now we're going to not really talk about it again. Yeah. And it it just felt like it, it felt like that they wanted to make a statement. Come because they've been out of they've been you know with the pandemic and a lot of things that were happening um, with Tina like I feel like they needed to say something 
but maybe you didn't. I don't know. I, that's not that's that's the you know a, a personal choice. I don't I don't think they needed to make those decisions. I think they should have just been like, you know, these are happening in the real world, but we are a different show. We are a comedy show, like you said. We provide escapism, so we're going to continue delivering that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see how we'll see how it ends. We'll see what my what my uh, my thoughts are when the when we get when I get to the end of that journey. Uh, I, uh, I will say though, I did like the finale. Okay. I did, I did like how it ended. So okay, if that's anything to go by. We'll see about that, Matt. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, still watching Lucifer. I'm all, I've I've got like maybe two episodes left, which is good because I kind of want to finish it. Um, when Esteban comes next, when he comes on the show next week, when we review uh. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's not next week. That's two weeks from now. Batman, because he's coming up when he comes for Batman. Damn it! I'll the probably Batman. be done by then. The Batman. But I may save it for him. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, uh, but I love, but I love it. I love the they. It went the way that this show is ending. They're they're ending it like it's just very meta. Like they, it's it's turning out to be a much deeper show than than I originally thought. Like I was like, oh, it seems like you know this that was a high point and like this was wrapping stuff up, but they managed to to really tie in some good emotionality in there and like really hit home some good points. Uh, so I'm curious to see what what's gonna happen at the end of that. Uh, and then the, the kids and I watched uh, the movie The Zookeeper. You ever seen it with Kevin uh, with James? Kevin James, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. It was it was actually better than I originally thought it was gonna be. Okay. Oh, there's that. I don't. I don't think I've ever saw the whole thing, but I, I get. I get the premise enough where I'm like, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> it's a movie. Just remember that it's a movie for children. Sure. Most definitely yeah. is a movie for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't realize that there were some big names in there. Rosario Dawson's in there. Yeah. Uh, King Jong. Uh, Joe Rogan does a does a cameo. He plays like a like the asshole boyfriend. <laughs> uh, I forgot that he was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, so Adam good. Sandler the voice in there as well? You, that you know what? That's right. Oh, and Sylvester Stallone voices the tiger. That's right. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was good. I mean, it's exactly what I expected from it. Yeah, that uh, makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we watched uh, the the original Adventures in Babysitting movie. Oh, uh, with uh, Hilary Swank. Is that is that who it is? No, it's um. This chick from uh, Back to the Future, the Claudia. girlfriend. That's not Hillary Swank. No, that's not. That's um. Wait, Elizabeth th- Shue. Thank you. Oh my God. I. You know what? How I, dare that, you, Matt? I. The name was. The face was there. And then I. I don't think that's even. A, yeah, she was in Karate Kid and Million Dollar Baby. I know who she is. But yes, Elizabeth Shue, who was in Back to the Future two and three, not one. That's Claudia Wells. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I didn't realize that they switched a girl. I never realized that they switched a girlfriend. So, long story short, here's some Back to Future trivia for you. Uh, Claudia Wells' mother... So, Claudia Wells played Jennifer Parker in the first movie. Um, but in the sequel, um, because it was four years after the original movie when they were filming the sequel, her mother was not well. And mm. so, she wanted to stay home and take care of her mother. Um, so, she couldn't... She was not available to uh, film the sequels, so they recasted her. And now it's funny because the just so much so that they were never really planning on making a sequel. 
they put Jennifer in the car and it flew away at the end of the Back to the Future. Um, so when they were making the sequel, they said, if we knew we were making a sequel to Back to the Future, we would never would have put Jennifer in the car because they had to write her out of the story when they got to 2015 as you know eventually she was in the 2015 bit and they kind of just laid her in the ultimate 1985 and we never saw her again until back to the future 3 when they come back to from the old west and everything like she was not part of the story and so they had to <laughs> write her all the way around it it's like okay good we'll just leave her on this porch we'll see you in the third one all right see ya so did they make okay hold on Damn, I guess it's been a long time since I. I guess it's been a while since I've seen. Well, no, we just saw it. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I thought that they just used the same girl. Like I thought it's the same character, but it's a different actress. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It is the same character, but different actress. Okay, but then so she comes back for the third one. She's at the very end of the third movie. So no, did no, no, she no. come back and film that, or was that filmed during the first one? No, no, no I'm sorry. No, uh, Elizabeth Shue was in two and three. Cla- Claudia Wells was in one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's but I, but that's what I'm saying. You so said they, they come they, back they, to Claudia Wells in three? No, 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 no. no they just, come back to Elizabeth Shue. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Elizabeth Shue. They they filmed two and three back to back. So they filmed all of her scenes then, and then they moved on. Ah, okay. Well, she was in Adventures of Babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> and I I guess I, I've never seen it. It was, it was pretty good. But I think okay. when it came to Disney+, Plus, it, um, they they edited the audio. This is the oh. first time that I've seen something come to Disney+, Plus that was uh, acquired. Because I think this was a um, – I don't think this was a, originally a Disney movie. Um, It could have been, been a Fox brand thing. It could have been just a movie that they had requi- acquired. Let's see. The Adventures. Nope. The Adventures of Babysitting. Buena Vista Productions. Oh, that that's Disney. Oh, so I guess it, so I guess it was. But, but you know, or maybe it's just uh, to show, like, how much it's changed, like, what they consider PG oh, back yes. then to what they consider PG now. Mm-hmm. Because there's a part in the movie... I heard it. I like. I heard like the audio kind of changed a little bit, and I wasn't looking at it. And I go, "Oh my god, they changed the words!" Like, "You're such a witch." I was like, "That he definitely <laughs> did not say witch." Like, you literally look at his mouth, say "bitch." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the TV edit for you, right? There. Yeah, and it's just so interesting to see them still doing that, but yet on a um, on a streaming service. On a streaming service. Yeah, you make a good point. Um, what was it? I believe Back to the Future was a PG rating, and they they man they threw a son of a bitch left and right there. So they did. Uh, the change that, of the mentality of our of our society between that yeah, and that. that's the eighty. Now there's a PG thirteen rating, so we're good yeah, there. Exactly. Um, and I started, but I haven't finished. I'm you know I'm getting ready for Batman, so I'm watching uh the Long Halloween Part One, the animated oh, one that's on HBO okay. Max. And it's good. You got Jensen Eccles from Supernatural who plays Batman. And I didn't know this, but um, they have Selena Kyle's in it, uh, Catwoman. And it's played by Naya Rivera, who um, mm. was the actress from Glee. This was the last thing she did before she died. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she, uh, um, for those who don't know, I think it was in 2020, she died trying to save her son. 
Like mm-hmm. he was drowning, and she got him to safety, but then she ended up drowning and dying. I think I remember that. And it was yeah. just, it, it's just a very weird kind of death because she did a cover for "If I Die Young" while she was during Glee. So like, it's just very, it was just very, it was just too, too on yeah. the nose. It was, it was also very sad. The, yeah, the, it was very tragic. It was very that. tragic death. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But it's good. I'm, I'm getting ready for. You know, getting ready for the Batman, which is the Batman is that's what this movie is based on. It's based on the graphic novel, The Long Halloween, part one mm-hmm. and part two. Um, animation's good. And then also hitting uh, my Oscar list, I watched the animated short Windshield Wiper. Okay. Um, the animation is different. There's a cool moment. It's just like how people are just like addicted to different things in our society. There's this moment where these two single singles are on Tinder, literally standing next to each other and they brush up next to each other and they just completely ignore each other after they just matched on Twitter. And it said, do you want to, I'm sorry on uh, Tinder. And it's like, do you want to message this person? And they both just kept swiping and they're literally standing right next to each other. Mm. So I guess it's like, you know, being shown that if you, your head wasn't in the phone, you'd, you'd, you wouldn't be missing out on moments of society. So I thought that was a cool little nod. And, and there. You know what? I'm uh, really – you. I mean I'm going to watch it anyway, but now I'm really interested to see the rest of this just based on your description of that. No, yeah. It was pretty good. The animation is a little weird, but uh, yeah. I thought it was good. That was like the one the one part I really liked from it. <laughs> It, it's, it's but it's like a, they give you a bunch of they, they, the whole short is they give you a bunch of little moments about with stuff like oh that. I see I see and that's interesting about the animated short category because like there's there's two things you're going off of either the story or the the unique animation style hmm. so which one are you going for um, and so it's interesting to see like when you when when whatever does win. You're like, okay, well, was it the animation? Was it the story? Was it both? You know, it's it, you're kind of looking for those things when you see the animated shorts. Yeah. Um, but I watched the live action short always on my mind, and I don't know. I'll, depending on what I see from the other ones, but right now this one is my absolute favorite. I think uh, it's got all my mind. On, on my it's mind. either all my mind or always on. My, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember. I think it's okay. I think you might be right. Um, but it is great. Oh man, it just it tells this like really sad story of this guy who's uh who's having to deal with his wife who's about to pass away and he's and he wants to go to this bar and sing this song for her because she's brain dead because she can't see him sing it. It was her favorite it was her favorite song. She said this song made her heart uh makes your soul sore. The El- the Elvis Presley song and it's just the way that it was shot and the dialogue is re- is really good between her and this him, this barkeep and the bar owner and uh, I I don't know I just I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Oh um, my god, that sounds. So I kind of like it really is. It's kind of sad, but it's like it's sad, but like in a beautiful way. It's a very mm. very beautiful and it's um. It's from another country. I don't remember. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was good. And I finished that documentary short, Audible. Um, it was good. It was a very uplifting story, uh, following the Maryland school, the deaf high school football team, mm-hmm. and just all their trials and tribulations, and how one of one of their friends um, transferred to a school for the hearing, um, but he was also dealing with issues with his identity. And he was getting bullied. So not only he was getting bullied for being deaf, he was also being bullied for being gay. And uh, wow. he ended up killing himself. 
Jesus. Yeah, so they they like dedicated their their last football game to him. So it kind of just it kind of just follows all of that. There's some there's some pretty good there's some pretty good stuff out there this year. I was really surprised. Yeah, and and so you know it's it's funny, or I guess also not funny, but like there's some some it's some years past. They're just like you look at you look at these categories and you're like, this is this is the best this year had to offer when it came to the shorts, huh? It's like this is what you got, huh? All right, that's I won't see much of best of anything, but I guess you know you made the decisions here. <laughs> um, but based on what you're telling me, I have not dived into the shorts yet. But everything you said about these shorts so far, I'm like, I'm I'm here. I'm interested. I'm here for it. Yeah, I think it's it's just easier for me to hit those first, and then I can start hitting the big one. Then I'll start hitting the big ones, like the big doc, the, the documentaries. Yeah. Um, and then some of the movies that I have left. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. And um, that's all I got. That's all you got. Um, so I also did some. I got. I did a little bit of both. I watched some stuff that I was watching. Um, I got some Oscar stuff in the way out of the way. As well as some movies I've been wanting to watch. So I'll start with, uh, I finished Pete's, (laughs) I finished Peacemaker. Um, Mm. And you know what? That that show actually grew on me. I I wasn't a huge fan of it at first. Uh, The humor was a little bit childlike. And it was throughout, like, Peacemaker, like, he's, and, and also James Gunn writing is very, like, dirty, I guess. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't land, and like the some of the jokes are just like it just resorts down to like like John Cena just going, Pfft. and it's like yeah I don't I don't that's not funny to me. Uh, so like a lot of some of the humor didn't land, but what keeps this show going is the heart that is in it, and you're like okay I can see where we're going with some of this. And then the story gets crazier, and then they introduce a character called the Vigilante, who is he is he's like John Cena's and Peacemaker's like right hand man. He's hilarious. Like they gave him some of the best jokes. I'm not sure if it was improvised or not, but like he is by far the highlight of that show. Like he is hilarious. And like he has like it's like he has no boundaries when it comes to killing people, but he has the weirdest like boundaries for other things so and they're like so if just for like a uh, just for an example you're like you're okay with killing people but but you're not okay you're like but you're okay with killing people but you're not okay of like running over something or something along those lines it's like yeah. this is where you draw the line he goes yeah it's like as if yeah that's that's exactly what why why is this a question right, like, i'm so glad me. i'm so glad you understand now <laughs> right i don't understand like why are you not understanding what i'm understanding it's the humor there and the interactions between him and peacemaker were some of the best stuff there um and then the story kind of similar to the suicide squad it kind of just keeps building and gets weirder as it goes and you're like well i guess i'm here for it so it's like i'm here, here now they're here now <laughs> Um, and also, I don't think I skipped the intro once. Uh, you know, you know, once you watch the intro for a show, you just like skip. You're like, I'm good. I got the gist of it. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's like, like a it, whole dance number, right? It's it's a whole dance number from a song that was like long forgotten, I believe. And it's so good that you're like, like there's a cold open, and then like you you hear like the the like the, the first couple beats of the songs. Of, of what the song's gonna be, and then like so, then it just rolls into the intro, and you're like, I'm, it's it's like two minutes of joy. 
I, I it's like <laughs> your smile every time you're watching is like this is genius. This is a fantastic intro. Well, um, you know, James Gunn, he's he's got like that niche of pulling obscure characters, obscure music. Well, well at least Guardians wasn't obscure. That was those movies. Those songs are classics. But yes. like songs that people like, look at this one. Like this one now has soared to the top of the iTunes chart. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, that's just kind of James Gunn's brand. I mean, Guardians is a great example. Like, you see his love for music interwoven into the story of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a, it's a beautiful story when you just look at it that way. And and so much so, like, I think Peacemaker, what, what he does with music there is more of, like, the hard rock genre. Yeah. And so, like, Peacemaker loves music as well. And, like, some of the saddest moments is when you have, like, this hard, intense rock music playing in the background and so he does he does know how to like he finds the perfect songs to like kind of present what he's trying to say and give these characters something to latch on emotionally and then now we're here for it we're like yeah i'm good so i think as the episodes went on and i also watched it like i think i i started peacemaker two weeks before the finale so by the time I was, by the time I got to the last episode, all the episodes were out. So I kind of watched it very, you know, in, within a few days. Yeah, you um, binged it. Yeah, I binged it. And so um, I think because I because I binged it, it was I was able to forgive a lot what other people were complaining about in the beginning. Mm. Um, well, I mean, not a lot of people, but I, I saw a few people were like, "Yeah, this isn't for me." And I was like, "Well, if you just kept with it just a little bit longer, I think it gets better." Um, so it's already renewed for a season two, so I'm, I'm here for it. And also with that, it was already announced that James Gunn will be writing and creating another show based off of the suicide, a suicide squad character. So probably the polka dot man, maybe, maybe, um, maybe a prequel on him because he died at the end of that movie. Um, we could see Ratcatcher 2. We could see King Shark. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of possibilities there. But I think definitely James Gunn found his niche. And I think I think once he's done with Marvel and Guardians 3 and that the holiday special, he's going to go right back to DC and continue doing what he's doing. And he'll be perfectly yeah, like, fine with that. It's like, who else can I create? <laughs> yes, exactly. And and Warner Brothers is like, here's, here's all the money. Yeah. <laughs> here's the money. Here's the vault of characters. Have fun. <laughs> have fun, yes. There, the, he does have restriction, though. So I don't want to give anything away, but there was uh, there was something that happened in the finale. And I was reading an article about it, and he's like, yeah, we, we, were, we had strict instructions that we couldn't do this. And I was like, interesting. Warner Brothers has notes all of a sudden. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> um, but yeah, either way, I think it's worth the watch. Any superhero person is going to enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it, Ernesto. I think if you, you, know, if you had the time to watch it. Yeah, it's on, it's on my list. Yeah. And where, where is, is Peacemaker or Boba Fett higher on that list? Um, I actually would probably watch Peacemaker before I watch Boba Fett. I was just about to say, I think you would enjoy Peacemaker a lot more than Boba Fett. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also watched, um, The King's Man on, uh-huh. on Hulu. <laughs> that bad, huh? Hot garbage, Ernesto. Hot garbage? Yeah. Damn. I was, like, I, so my parents were visiting, I was like, hey, The King's Man just came out on Hulu. I was like, oh yeah, you know, we, I love the other movies. Me too. Let's go watch it. Okay. The first 20 minutes, I'm, like, fighting to stay awake. And it's like, 
oh my god, this, this like this this that's, it's a slow start, but we're gonna keep trucking along. And like, you know what the best part about the Kingsman movies, Ernesto was the politics. The, the yes, of, yes, the politics in that movie was it was the whole movie oh. was about politics, and they just kept talking and talking, and I'm like, not for nothing. But I came here to see some crazy action. Kingsman action. Right. That's, a, that's what the trailer look, makes it look like. Right. I mean, it's there, but man, does it... Chicka, 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 chicka. <laughs> up a freaking hill, man. <laughs> like, this is a two-hour movie, and we're like... The action doesn't get into, like, the last 30 minutes. And, like, there's some sprinkled in there, but, like, what you see in the trailer is the last 30 minutes of the movie. And we're just like... <sighs> We're, we're hey guys, almost we're almost there. there. We're almost just, just keep, just keep coming. Just stay with us. Come on, come on. We're almost there. It's like, and then there was also like the like some the part of the action that was in the middle. You follow this weird Russian character that is like, it's it's uncomfortable. It's cringy. I don't know what they were trying to do. If it was humor, it wasn't funny. Mm. It just didn't land at all. And I was like, it was honestly at that moment, about 50 minutes in, I was like, this is bad. This <laughs> is a bad movie. It's not good. And the, you know, it's and it's and it's funny because it's like the director. Um, oh my god, I forgot his name. I believe his first name is Matthew. Uh, uh, this quick quick IMDb search here, Kingsman. Matthew uh, Vaughn. Thank you, Matthew Vaughn. He oh wait, us... I'm sorry. He did the first one. No, he did the second one too. He did all three of them. I'm pretty sure he directed all three. Yeah, he directed all three of them. Yeah. Um, he gave us Kickass, great movie. He gave us X Men First Class. It it, it it he brought X Men back from the grave when we had like the X Men Last Stand and X Men Origins Wolverine. He was like, no, we got to make this movie. He's like, yes. Then he gave us Kingsman 1 and 2. We we're like, this guy can do no wrong. No, he can. And it's called The King's Man. It was not, <laughs> was not a good movie. I was so disappointed in that. And by the time it, you got to like that action you wanted, you didn't care anymore. You're just like, I just want this movie to be over. Like, I really I'm, don't. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And I just, I, at this point, I was out of just like, we're, we made it this far. We, we we might as well see how this ends. And there and there was like one moment in the movie where it took me by surprise. But other than that, it was I, I I don't want to discourage anybody from watching it because you could you could honestly really like how the Kingsman was brought up, like like how they came to be. But I'll I'll tell you what, if I'm ever doing a rewatch, I'm skipping this one. I don't need to see that again. <laughs> I really don't. Um sorry, Matthew Vaughn. Uh hopefully well, if if you make a, a Kingsman three, let's let's just stick to what you know. All right, that's all I'm saying. Like I came here to watch a movie and I got garbage. So anyway, moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> you okay? No, very, you it, were very passionate. You were very I, passionate about. I was that. upset. I was upset of how much like like it's it's tell. a it's a good franchise, and then you just like nah, you fucked it up. <laughs> you fucked it up. And it's like it's not to say it's like a different writer director. No, same crew. Just you you went for a different direction. Yeah. But anyway, the wrong one. <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> he went down. Yeah. Um. Have you heard of Murderville? Why did you know? the name sounds familiar? So Murderville is a new show 
It's like a new scripted reality show on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, with Will yeah. Arnett. Yes. Will Arnett, yeah. And so basically he brings in a guest celebrity host. I'm sorry, not a host. He brings in a celebrity guest. And the guest has no idea that was not given a script to this TV show. So they're kind of just like running blind. And the premise of this is like Will Arnett is a detective. His name is <laughs> – his name is uh, some Trevor. I think it's like Terry Seattle. Yeah, Terry a, Seattle. Yeah, a ridiculous name. And so he's like, he's a detective. And then like his his chief walks in every episode. He's like, hey, you got a new partner? Here's Kumail Nanjani. And then and it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so like they don't know what what's going on. They just know that they are uh, a, a detective in training. And then and then there's like, okay, here's your new partner. And now there's a murder to solve. <laughs> and so from there, they kind of give them through these ridiculous um, scenarios where, like, they don't know what's going to happen. So a lot of it is raw um, emotions and reactions to the events that are happening. And at the very end of it, it's almost treated like a, a game where, like, okay, now you have all the information that was put in front of you. Who do you think the killer was? And not any real fashion or, like, any seriousness that's taken from it. They're literally sitting at a table, and they're like, guess your guess your you three think? murders. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Guess who? Um, and I feel like I saw three different scenarios. To, there's six episodes total. I saw three. And within that three, and I was like, I think I get the idea, and I'm not going to watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And let me explain. The first episode I watched was with Conan O'Brien. Uh-huh. And Conan O'Brien felt like that he wanted to be the center of attention. So he kept doing ridiculous things on top of Will Arnett knowing what the outcome is doing ridiculous things. And it, and it just doesn't land. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he wanted so badly to like to be part of the bit. But like, no, you are part of the bit. Man. You are you the bit. <laughs> you are the bit. You're not supposed to know what's happening. You're supposed to lean into that. And he like he just like he leans into it and then like does backflips all <laughs> around it. And it's like what? Like like it's not, th- that wasn't funny. Mm. And so then I skipped over to Kumail Nanjani, mm. who solid choice. Right. And and so like I was like okay, Conan O'Brien was not a good one. And I'm I'm just skipping around at this point for the people that I actually know and like thinks are funny comedians. Kumail's episode was great. Like he he leaned into his role and it was it was it was really funny um, when they were going into it and so like there was really there was one bit where Will Arnett was like okay we have to go in here now you gotta do a cool walk and he's like now show me your cool walk and then he goes no 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 you have to like walk with like he had to walk this way and then like he's like really going into it and so yeah. then when he finds the perfect walk he's going to like the part of the bit was like this. Uh, like there was a murder at his high school reunion, so Will Arnett sees like his his crush, and he's like, okay, I need you to like look not cool to make myself look cool. So they spent like a good three minutes working on this stupid walk, and then he's like, okay, do the walk, and then he's like, he's doing the walk. No, no, you can make a noise, and you could tell they're breaking character in it, yeah. and so you could see like that those moments where they're breaking character, not really know what's going on. Those were the funny moments because you know that they are trying to hide themselves from this ridiculousness. So it's like, okay, that was funny. This works. And then you have um, the next episode I saw was, uh, I believe her name is Annie. What's her name? She was in um, 
she was in Shit's Creek. Andy Murphy. She, thank you. Yeah, she played the uh, uh, the daughter in Shit's Creek. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And so she was uh, in the next episode, and you can tell tell that she was just annoyed the entire time. <laughs> it's like like crazy things were happening, and she was just kind of like stoic, and like she was kind of like part of it. But really, you can tell that at certain points, she's like, I think I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I think I, I'm good. <laughs> I think I think I'm good. I'm done with this. And so, like, after that episode, I was like, all right, I think I got a, a good vibe of all of this, and I don't want to watch this anymore. It's like, <laughs> if you, you're either all, all these episodes are, like, how Kumel dealt with it, or none of them are, because some of these are just cringy to watch. <laughs> um, but I think the premise is interesting. And apparently this was taken off of a British show, and now then they just Americanized it. Mm. So, uh, did you have any interest of watching any of that? I did, but now okay. I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. That, that not... interest is now gone. <laughs> 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 There's too much other good shit out there for me to try to waste time on something like this. Yeah, and I gave it a shot because and the next two things I'm about to talk about were like two Oscar stuff. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is like really heavy material, and it's kind of weighing me down a little bit. So I want to, <laughs> I want to watch something that's kind of lifting me up a little bit. <laughs> and then I watched the Murdervilles. Like these are only thirty minute episodes. I can like, you know, this could be funny. And then it wasn't. And so then like, well, n- well, none of this is helping me. <laughs> um, but yeah. So after all that, I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and I can totally understand how. Jessica Chastain got a, an Oscar nom for her performance. It's it's good. It's okay. like it's like between the makeup and her and her voice and everything else that's going on, you're like, damn, I like she's unrecognizable in that role. She's she's really good, and the story is quite interesting as well, to say the least. Um, so I think, uh. I can understand why it wasn't nominated for Best Picture or anything else, really, aside from hair, makeup, and Jessica Chastain. Um, but there is an argument to be said about, you know, um, uh, Andrew Garfield's performance in there as well. Like, they could have easily just given it to him for that as well. But they gave it, they gave him Best Actor for Tick, Tick, Boom, which I do think that was the better performance. But if they said instead it's for Eyes of Tammy Faye, I, I would have said okay, too. Like, that was do pretty you... solid. Could you have seen grounds for him to be nominated for both films, like almost like up against two oh. of his performances? Like that would be some shit. I would have to see Denzel's performance first, but potentially, it it's it's up. There. I mean, I, I mean, at least as a um as a nomination. Like, yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. do you think it deserves do you think it deserves to be nominated? I I think one or the other needs to be, and I think Tick Tick Boom was the better choice, but based off his two performances that work easily Oscar material, uh, they could have given it to either one of them and I would have been fine with. Like, he did a really good performance. Um, and I'm interested, I really wanted to see this one. Is the, I mean, is the the story and the movie itself good? No, it is. It, it's good. Like, I was I was pretty much in, in you know, in uh, enthralled the, the entire mm. time. I was like, yeah, this, this is, it's good storytelling. It's basically like this, this couple uh, who are really into the religion and then kind of they got absorbed like i'm sure they had good intentions going in there and they became one of the biggest christian televised shows ever televangelist televangelist right uh and then i think at some point they lost their message they lost their way 
and like greed got to them and then they started making poor decisions and it was more of the husband less of love of the wife that was involved in those things but you can tell that she was trying to be tried and true but at some point it, it almost feels like that like are you being fake or are you being real like i don't know where we are in this particular area but i i thought it was a good movie i i, I did enjoy it um and the last thing i watched that i don't know if I mean, it wasn't a good movie. Uh, was Spencer with with Kristen Stewart? Uh, that was that was not a fun watch. It was boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> the, the whole like, especially for a person who doesn't give a shit about the Royals. And then I, I feel like that when the movie started, I needed to know. I need to have re- at least watched a documentary or read a book about him first, oh. because because it's like. I went in there like cold, like ice cold about this material. And it almost feels like should. that as you should write. And it almost felt like that you needed to know a lot of information prior to going in there because they're talking about things and they're doing things. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like it, it honestly, I, I will give it credit in certain areas that a lot of people like Kristen Stewart got, a, you know, a nom for her performance. And and rightfully so, because she's the only person in that movie that they that they focused on, like it the, it's her movie, yeah. and so what she portrayed as far as um, pain, you can tell that she was fighting inner demons inside of her the entire time. Like this was during Christmas time, and she felt trapped in that house. Like you can tell she did not want to be there, and she was playing Princess Diana, and. I don't know how Princess Diana was in real life or if she portrayed her correctly. I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is her performance. And she definitely played a person that was, like, trapped in a situation that she couldn't get out of. Honestly, it felt like a horror movie, like, through her perspective. Yeah, it was, like, the way the music was tensing up and the way that she was acting. And she she was being very erratic. And it's like, you would think this woman's going crazy. And, like, people are out to get her. And, like, you got into her mindset. And you could almost understand the feelings that she had. But it was boring. But it was so boring. It was <laughs> super boring. Um, but was her but, – but her performance was, I guess, is the only thing that kept you there. Her, I mean, I, I think as I, – I wanted to finish the movie just to give, you know, to check off a box and an Oscar, you know, nomination for the most part it's not a movie i would have gravitated toward to say the least like if it so wasn't nominated is what you're saying you could but if you really want to you know if you want to to see your performance you how long is it is it a long movie it's two 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 hours it's it's a two hour movie it's so. an hour 57 mm. yeah no i guess it felt like two hours uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, it's it's it's. I, I don't know if, if if you have the option to do like a point five speed on this one. I, I think a point five, or you mean a one point five? Either or. I think you get the gist either way. I think you you get the idea. I think it's a one point five is what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you get the idea of it. Or maybe if you watch like you know the first twenty minutes, I think you may, well you can skip the first twenty minutes. Go with twenty minutes in, and then watch twenty minutes of that, and I think you get the gist of the tone that they were going for. But mm-hmm. I checked out of the movie a long time ago and I was just waiting if if things got interesting. 
and they didn't. And it didn't. <laughs> and it didn't. And, it, and they really just focused on her. And then by the end of it, like, it was, it, like, for me, it was like, is this a happy ending? I really don't know. I don't, I don't know what the point of this movie was, to be honest, but she got an Oscar nom for it, so I guess that was the point of the movie. I guess. I guess. But either way, Spencer was not a fun watch. If you're, if you're a fan of the Royals, then I, you know, watch it. Yeah, I'm not, not discrediting that. And I, you know, I, I did say some positive things about it, but for me, I, I, it was not a good movie. Um, but anyway, that's all I've been watching for this week. Uh, so, uh, now we're going to be diving into our first spoiler review of the week, which is Nightmare Alley. So, Ernesto, directed by Guillermo del Toro, uh, what were your thoughts on Nightmare Alley? Um, I think I wanted to like this movie <laughs> more than I actually did. I, like, I really, really wanted to love this movie. Like, and I think that that was the problem with it, like... I mean, it did have some. There were some good. There were some good aspects about this. There are some good aspects about this movie. Uh, I thought that in the opening was kind of intense with them showing the geek. Um, they did a lot of setup in the beginning with him not being an alcoholic, uh, just to have him flip and become like obviously go down that path mm-hmm. later on. Um, the whole the whole him becoming a geek at the end thing. I called that. Like when he went to go to the chicken really? show, right from the beginning, I was like, he's probably gonna turn into a geek at the end of the movie. I was like, why oh. else? Why? Why else are we watching this intense vision, envisioning of a man eating a chicken, and then go later on, go to William Defoe, and then be to describe exactly how you become, how you become a geek, and then when he goes yeah. into the tent, and he's like, I got one more job for you. I was like, I was like, babe, here it is. There it is. <laughs> good, good for you. I didn't. I to me, I didn't catch it until he said, "I have, I have a job for you." At the very end is when I got. Oh, okay. I see where Be- we're going. I, I, I didn't. I, yeah, go ahead. Because I, I felt because I was like the movie's called Nightmare Alley, so mm-hmm. something tells me that this does not have a happy ending. <laughs> Fair. So, so we're we're as we're going through the movie, I go, you know, we see this fucked up thing happening i said wow it'd be really fucked up if that's how he ends <laughs> if mm-hmm. that would be if that would be his ending because i mean we spent so much time talking about it yeah um, that's a good point they, but there but there were some there were some good things about it a lot of meta there was a lot of meta messages about mentalism and just like mm-hmm. like how people deal with grief and what like if you fuck with people like what what you can drive them to do like there were some there were definitely some good messages so i can definitely see why the movie's being talked about you know um it was just it was just too long we could have cut out some of the carny time yeah like we could have just we could have i think we could have done a more condensed introduction into the whole geek thing and with meeting his girl and the men and mentalism um but i did think the cinematography and like some of the set designs and the in the costumes i thought those were like really really well done uh bradley cooper i thought he did a i thought he did a great job i just um it was just a little long for me and the the ending was just a little weird Mm. i i agree with you it did it wasn't a little bit on the long side i'm not sure exactly what the exact runtime is i think it was like maybe two hours seven minutes or so um 230 was it really 230 yeah oh then yeah no it was definitely way too long way too long um, but yeah, but I felt it. It was like, it was almost, it was like after he, he became successful, 
but before he asked his wife or girlfriend to be a ghost. It was around that middle ground where I felt like we could have shaved off a lot of that time. Yeah. And if it was going to be so important about this guy, like I felt like we needed to know more of why he was so important, of why he was so influential. But he didn't, I mean, he didn't even really do anything because he killed, he beat the old man to death and then he ran over the bodyguard, backed the car up and ran him over again. Like he ran him over twice. Uh, I mean, I don't know. And then he, like, and then we get the salt and pepper of him, of why he, of him killing his dad. But I, I actually don't feel like we got a lot of information. Like we got some stuff, but not, I felt like we didn't get the whole story on that. And then yeah, how, or on this, or on the, I feel like we needed to know more about this psychologist who fucked him over. Like, I, I felt like we needed more of that. Like that wasn't really flushed out. Agreed. Yes. I do agree with you with the dad thing. That didn't really serve anything to the story. We just know that he had a dark past and we could have just left it at that. But they showed us his dark past of him like not liking – like he never really talked about not liking his father. So it's not like that we had any reason to – oh, like, oh, no, that man's a dick. So he deserved to die. Like we didn't we didn't get any of that. Or maybe like he was misunderstood or was – was he was Bradley Cooper really going through a hard time before he was with the Carnies? It's like we don't really know much about this character, and I felt like they should have kept it a mystery and instead of trying to explain it. Um, yeah. And, but and then to your second point, I also agree with you that when there was the turn for Kate Blanchett, I was like, okay, it's, I'm not surprised that she turned on him, but why? Like, was it because of the money? Because the money's on the ground. Like, did you just like to fuck with him? That's not clear either. Yeah, I mean, and we get that scene where he he makes an impression of the key, and they make it known that she see that she realized what he's doing. But we never saw anything else come of that. We just yeah. assumed that oh, he's going back and listening to shit. But we never really him did I, at least to my recollection. I don't remember him going back and seeing anything come of that. No. Not really. It's yeah. I you know, now that we're talking about it, because I actually thought I liked. I mean, I I liked it. A, it sounds like a little bit more than you did. Um, but yeah, I like, no, I liked the movie. I did. There there were a lot of things that I liked about it, but just some of these other things just like overshadow me. And then when you kind of fuck with the ending, like mm-hmm. when you don't like have a. If this movie had had a solid ending, I would have a better taste in my mouth. Fair like enough. if the movie's called Nightmare Alley and they mention it. When they go to drop off that other geek, to me, what would have been full circle is that is if that guy, his, somehow the bodyguard had lived and found him and beat the fuck out of him and left him to die in one of those nightmare alleys. To me, that right. would have been a little bit more. And then maybe a carny picks him up and then he mm-hmm. becomes a geek. I mean, either way, but I felt like the ending of the movie could have been a little better. I, I think maybe because you, you felt that it was coming, and so maybe that askewed it. Because for me, that was a little bit of a surprise. Mm. That was like, oh, shit, he's literally – I wouldn't say full circle, but like he was – I would say that it, maybe at the beginning of the movie, he was like middle, right? He was like you know probably not at his worst, but definitely not at his best, but he had potential. And you can tell that it was at that moment that he was with the Carnies that he was probably living his best life. You yes. know. You can you kind of felt that uh, he you know he met someone that he loved 
uh, or he, he later, you know, loved. And like, he's like, there, there's a lot of potential here. I think we can do this. And so then they go out of their way out of the carny life and, you know, go on the road. Honestly, I got like a whole bunch of, uh, the prestige vibes mm. when, when he yes. was like famous. And so you can tell that he was like doing his shtick, um, you know, for high rollers and, but there was still a code that you have to go by. And once he crossed that line, it was like, you know, you got to tell him this was a joke. You got to tell the old man that you didn't see spirits. This is a joke. It's all part of the bit. And when he leaned into that, that's when you know that he was getting too greedy. See, but I think that, and I think us setting up in the very beginning of the movie with him killing his dad, like, I think that he always was that person. Because I, I also think that he killed Pete on purpose. I, I think, think that so he, I, I I grabbed, I think he grabbed the wrong bottle on purpose and killed him so that he can take his book of notes and, uh, so he can learn. take over, he can take his spot. I would have liked to have seen more of his upbringing, or at least maybe that salt and peppered in, so mm-hmm. that we can understand. I felt like we could we could have a better understanding as to why he killed his dad. Because so, if he's a main character, we're supposed to feel for him. We're supposed to be along the journey with him and feel for him in some way. But when right. he got turned into that geek thing, I did not feel bad for him at all. Like, not I, even I, a little bit. I don't think you were supposed to. I, I think you were supposed to, like, you did this to yourself, buddy. But don't like, you think it would have hit harder that if in the beginning we were almost rooting for him as as our main lead, but then you see, then you get to see the full, like, you get to see his, both his rise and his fall. Like, what I, turned him into that? I want to know more of yeah. what, if, especially if this is a psychological thriller, I want to understand more of who he was in the beginning to see how he got to kill his dad and then when he when everything becomes full circle in the end i felt like we would have had i felt felt like there would have been more to take away from the film in the end yeah i i can definitely see i can definitely see that and and like you were explaining earlier is like we didn't really get much of a motive for why he did the things he did like we know that he wanted the book so he killed pete we know he wanted to do better for himself so that's what the book needed like he knew the tools he needed to have to possibly get himself a better life and out of the carny scene but we don't even know why he did that like why resort to killing somebody why how how did he even get from killing to his dad to being on the road like was he on the run didn't seem like it It looks like he just hopped on a bus and yeah but i mean it's supposed to be set in like what the 40s so i guess if a house a random house living in the country on the hill if you don't call it in like Right. They'll eventually see the smoke, but by then it's going to be too late. <laughs> yeah, but but to your point, like, wh- what even led him to the life of Carney? Like, it looks like he just, you know, set the house on fire, hopped on a bus, and he's like, I guess I'm going to be hanging with the Carneys now. Like, what, because you burned the only place that you were living? Like, I think you could have went anywhere you wanted to go. Like, why there? It, I like, mean, that... I guess because it, it, it was the first avenue he saw in into something. You know, it's Maybe. like, well, this, this, but it was even, even that was weird because he sees the carnies, he stays the night, and then he goes and sees Tony Collette, and then she's just like, well, look, you're going to be some trouble. And then she, I guess she like <laughs> jerks him off in the tub. Like, what the fuck is that? It's so weird. Like, <laughs> what was the purpose of that? Like, what, what value did that add at seeing them be in, involved? In, in, like, well, it, it's funny that you said that because, like, I thought that they were going to be a thing. 
So like maybe I. have this secret love affair from Pete, and they're like, nah, no. Did you see that chick across the street? Like, thanks for the hand job, but I'm I'm all for, I'm looking for her down he, there. The way I saw that going is that he started building with Tony Collette, but then he falls in love with the other girl, kind of like what happened. But instead of them leaving together, they stay there. But then it's like a little bit of this back and forth between Tony Collette and his girl and then maybe she and then i what i eventually originally saw happening is that she fucks with him and she gets like like a woman scorned and she mm. she's the one who sends him down the path to become like like a bomb or a geek or whatever right like whatever but it's within them this cast as the carnies because like, there were some really good characters like i would love to have seen more of william defoe more of ron perlman like those are good characters that I felt yeah. like we didn't explore as much as opposed to having this other this other this other route that they went. Yeah, I you're right. I mean the movie did take a shift once we left the Carney scene, but then like kind of every now and then stayed with it for a little bit. It, yeah. It, it it yeah, I do agree that I think it would have been better off if they stayed there to give him because like Guillermo del Toro is notorious for kind of making movies about things that are a little weird. And yeah. so, like, I think if, if he would have stayed in that vein, he would have gotten there. But instead, he went to a different route. And don't, don't get me wrong. The movie is still kind of weird a little bit. Yeah. But the the inclusion of Kate Blanchett, I feel like we could have gotten there in a different route. Because I feel like those scenes with him, there wasn't really much of a justification of why he even wanted to cheat on on his, on his the girl that he was with. I believe, what was her name? Um uh, uh molly yeah. like he there was not really much of a motive there except for maybe an attraction but he also found her as a use because like i can use her to get private information in exchange for us going 50 50 but like a romance ensuing within that i guess i i think it was a reignition of his cycle so he had he had already mm. done this. He had already done this when he met Molly. He was in a dark place. He he saw them. He found a way to get in, and he could start building himself up from there. When he didn't need them anymore, he took Molly and he moved on. They went and then they now now talking about it makes more sense because then they go yeah. to Buffalo and he starts servicing the wealthy elite. Well, then right. he meets her and then he sees an opportunity for him. To join, then to go and to now move on to the next level, and right. then maybe that involved Molly being out of the picture and him together with with this chick. But then this chick, you know, she was using him. She was just she right. just fucked him over. But to your point, why we didn't really get much of a motive of why I, I didn't like... care care I didn't care as much. If you wanted to do that, then you then we needed more of an introduction to her. Like maybe right. when we when we made that jump 2 years ahead in the future, we could have followed her leading into them meeting. Like yeah. maybe following her going to see the show and then you get exhibition about who she is and get like more of like who she is as a person. Cuz then as we're going into them 2 years later, we're like, "Well, who is this woman that we just spent time with and why is right. she important? And then we see this interaction and go, oh, well, obviously this is going to play out. This is going to play out somehow in between them. It, it almost felt like that Molly's character, it like replace Molly with um, Tony Collette. So and like if she was the love interest that continued on and went with him on the road and then he met Kate Blanchett. I feel like that would have been more of a stronger story because. 
otherwise Molly was just a love interest and, you know, and that was pretty much it. At least those other two characters had a little bit more of a motive for him. And also, what what was the point of him, of her leaving him? Like, I felt like we have a missed opportunity for Ron Perlman's character to come in and beat the shit out of him. Because that's pretty, <laughs> that's what he said yeah. he was going to do. Yeah, he said, true. if you hurt if you hurt her, I don't remember his exact words, but, like, he basically said that if you hurt her, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And, like, that would have been the perfect timing for him to come in and he could have beat him down. And right. actually, that would have worked because the bodyguard who he killed, that was the one that he was expecting. Then... As he was going to run away, like if he had opened the door and it's Ron, it Perlman, Ron Perlman and that, yeah. and they come in and they could have beat him down and they could have put him in the nightmare alley. To me, that would have been a more just. To me, that would have been a more justified ending for him yeah. to send him down back down to the dumps where he belonged. Obviously, yeah, I I I actually like that ending. Yeah, that that would make more like more of a personal story. Is like we told you not to fuck with her, and now it would have made Molly. It would have made Molly's character more important. Uh, but not y- yes, it would it would have. But also on top of that, it would have made the the the, the it would make that the Carney story hit harder even more. It's make like it more d- important, yeah. More and more important because basically you left. We we brought you. We we kind of lifted you up a little bit when you were down, and then you kind of just used us to moved it up. Now we're going to be the one to bring you further down to where you were before you because you were fought, better than us. Right, and you also stole, you also killed one of our carnies to to steal his 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 juju his book and like you know his tricks and you took yeah. it on the road. That, you're yeah, right. we didn't it really was, get retribution for that either. I right. guess they I guess they figure the thing at the end like is so bad in itself that that it encompasses everything. But I felt like it would have made. It would have hit harder if he was their geek because then it's like yes. we like you're lower than us, but this is where we you're so you're so much of a scum like that's where you belong, and now right. we get to and now we get to keep you here so you can live out your sentence. To me, that would have been a much like darker ending for him. Yeah, no, I I agree, especially if he was their geek. Yeah, um, but I, I will say though, as far as like Bradley Cooper and like how they writ, wrote his character, it's definitely like a, a psychological like thing that he was going through like like you can see yeah, that good. He, yeah i i think they did a really good job of like kind of uh, kind of giving him an avenue where like you can kind of see where his brain was going and then you see him at the highs of highs and then like the lows of lows and like you can see him literally going insane toward the end of it and it was like you were literally looking down at the geek and it's like, man, I never want to be here. And you, throughout the movie, you kind of see, like, you just lost everything. And you said you never touched the thing, touched alcohol. And then here you are drinking it and then being consumed by alcoholism. And then now you're, like, running away on a train. And, like, you, you, are, you are accepting the very thing that the that William Defoe was telling you of like all you gotta do is tell him it's temporary. You have all the things you want here, and it's just like yeah. in his mind he knows better, but in that moment it's like no, this is the best I got. And yeah, so, but I think he also looked at that was like, well, or maybe he did know, but then he because he says because when the guy says, "Do you want the job?" he says his answer to him is that I was born for it. So it's mm-hmm. like almost like. He feels like that's what he deserves as a person because of maybe that's what he feels he deserves because of all the things that he's done. Maybe like um, it, it was good. It was good. I, yeah. I, there are there are a lot of things that I liked about it. There's just certain aspects I felt could have been a little better. 
Yeah, and, and and as we were talking about it, I do agree with that. I I do think that there was a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah, and a lot of um, it could have been great. Is what it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I guess great. that's my issue is that it could and, have been really good. It could have been great. And, and and certain characters could have been flushed out as well. Yeah. Like at least more motive and like really get into it. But but yeah, I mean overall final thoughts. I I liked it. I I did I did like the movie. Um, but to 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 your point there were a couple of holes that could have been filled and it could have been probably, it, could, it probably could have been cut down to a two hour movie instead of a two and a yeah. half hour movie. I mean, I don't want to shit. I'm not, I'm, I don't mean to shit the movie down for you. Like I still liked it. Just could have been. No, 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 but I mean, you know, that's the whole point of this, this, these discussions is like, you know, you, you did, it's not to say that I was like a hundred percent into it. Cause I was like, I was bored in some of these areas too. Like, all right, we can, we can move along. We're moving kind of slow here and it's not really doing much to the story. Like I get it. You're a bad person. Let's move on from that. Um, but but yeah, your final thoughts? Um, it was good. Once again, it was a little it was a little long for me, and I just and I guess I mean obviously you know every writer has they have their reasons for going the direction they did, but mm-hmm. I just I think the the direction that we kind of talked about would have been it would have been a more satisfying ending for me, and it would have tied in some of the early it would have tied in some of the characters from the first and second act a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you see why it was nominated for Best Picture, say, over the other contention, which a lot of people thought was going to be Tick, Tick, Boom? I definitely think Tick, Tick, Boom should be there instead of this one. I could see this one more maybe for uh, adapted screenplay because I think it's based – yeah, it's based on a book. Okay. Um, so I could see it – I don't. I actually don't know if it is nominated for it, Best Picture. It's not. It's no, not. No. Uh, I could see it for that, just because of all the things they tried to write into the story. But yeah, I, I don't see it for best picture. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's our spoiler review on Nightmare Alley. Uh, so now we're going to be diving into our second spoiler review of the week, which is the animated foreign documentary film Flea, which is a Danish film. Uh, so Ernesto, your thoughts on that? Um. It was, I think, okay, so I think this movie is good for what it is. I think the animation was different, but I think I liked what they did because I felt like it's what, it worked for the um, the content that they were trying to portray. I felt like it softened the blow of, like, how tragic, like, the, the of how tragic and sad the story actually is. Um uh, the film follows Amin Nawabi, who's he's, him and his husband are about to get married, um, and he's talking about his hidden past coming from Afghanistan to Denmark as a refugee. And it's, I mean, it's really sad. It's it's very sad that of what you know, him having to hide who not only has to hide who he is, but also living in a place where, you know, where he's in he has to he has to flee. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. he has to, you know they he's got to run to another. He's got to basically grow up by himself so he's not only is he trying to figure out who he is but he's like he's not even safe of where he physically is at so i mean right. imagine having to deal with that as a human being it's, and uh i could i could see why i could see why it's nominated for i could see why it's nominated in the categories it is it, yeah i mean it's it's very unique of a storytelling tech uh, technique because it's you could have went the documentarian route and just make this a full documenta- uh, documentary. But you decided to also throw an animation. But it's also, you're telling a story. So it's considered a film. 
and but it's it it's it's different enough that where it can be categorized as a foreign film and a documentary and because the the good more than half of this film the majority of this film is in animation so like there's a lot that's going on here and i find that that's very unique um because i and and also like the different animation styles that they threw in there i really did appreciate one of them being one of them, no animation at all when they use live action for real life events yeah. when they described real life events it was real footage <coughs> excuse me um it was like real life footage uh that they decided to use there which i was like okay and then when they were when he was describing things that weren't that was part of the story but he wasn't necessarily involved in or his like his thoughts were kind of like black and white sketches yeah like it wasn't full-fledged animation but you can tell that this is what he was feeling or this is where this is how he was told the story was or something along those lines where it wasn't a personal story to to our character but it but the animation did seem to match where the the character's mindset was in the moment as he was recalling them like yes. when uh, when he's a kid and he was he used to wear his sister's clothes like if it, it was very the animation was like very bright you got the, yes. the happy music when he's dancing down the street um but in the same moment you know when he's talking about some of these serious things you see this black and white almost like like your thought is not fully flushed out. That's kind of what I got from that. Right. Like you're still yeah, trying, you're exactly. still trying to work out what's happening in these moments. And and the same with um, when he was talking about his dad. He was like, I don't, you know, he, my dad. You know, they took him and I never saw him again. And we don't know where they took him. And so like those memories are kind of flushed out. Or maybe he wasn't, in, you know, those are the stories that he was told, and this is how he envisioned them in his head. Yeah. Um, but to your point, when it was a very personal story, very vivid memories for him, it was full-fledged animation. We got the gist of it. And so that, all that all around, I really appreciated. Uh, I really resonated with the animation. And then the story itself was was heartbreaking. Absolutely. It, it, it was a hard story to follow. Um, to, to, I mean, it, it just, it's a lot of hard-hitting materials. Um, and like you were saying, the fact that he was not safe in his own country, the fact that he was dealing with his sexuality in a place where that's not accepted. So you're basically hiding your true identity as well as trying to fight for your life at the same time. Like there's there's a lot that's happening within this story um, and him being a refugee and, um, and all at a young age, too. And if if this entire story is true to where it's happening now in his real life um it, it's kind of crazy that after all of that he was able to find safety and comfort and and peace it looks like by the end of this documentary yeah you see i mean it does have a it, it does have somewhat of a happy ending you know yeah. it ends with him and his husband um i think they were moving into their new place yeah yeah it's, but he was like traveling for work so like he had like commitment issues like staying there and calling it his home when as we learned from the story he didn't really have a home growing up all of his life. Yeah, I mean, it's... But then, I mean, you know, unfortunately, those are the things that he has to deal with for the rest of his life. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like... But at least, you know, it's... Not everybody has somebody. Like, think about the right. people who who went through that and they don't have somebody who can talk to them through through these kind of things. Yeah, I, I think one of the moments that hit hard for me is when that they, they finally got on the boat 
and they were being smuggled out of out of Russia, and it, it was Russia, right? Uh, yes, they were going yeah. from. I think they were going from Russia to Denmark. To Denmark, right? And so they were being smuggled out of Russia, um, and they were in like this tiny boat, and they were all underneath it, and they were kind of being hidden, so they were underneath the boat, and then they started leaking water because of a rainstorm. And then they got stranded. And you're like, if I was a kid in that scenario, it's like, it, that's unimaginable. And oh, then yeah. you see this ship. And to me, this is where it hits hard for me. It's like, and it's like, I really like, I was like, whoa, that that's deep. Is where like, they see the ship, this cruise liner. Everyone's taking photos of you. And they're like, and a lot of people on the boat were like, cheering. Thank God we're saved. Like, here's this ship to bring us solace and out of this country. And like, really take us home and then over the intercom he goes hey everybody stay where you are russia's coming back and get you don't worry and like everyone's heart just sank like are you're you like fucking kidding me they're <laughs> like shit and then now they like they're just back to square one after spending all of their money trying to get out and you feel for this story and the fact that all of this was was true it's it's just heartbreaking i i am i was happy to see that there was a happy ending to this um, but it's, I mean, for much different reasons, it's not an easy watch. It's definitely not. And I think that's a, that's something to be said about it too. Like as good as it, as it is, like it is very hard to watch, but that's why we need these things mm-hmm. because, because these are things that are, are happening in our world. Like, you know, so a lot of people tend to forget us as Americans, like how privileged we are and that yes. not everybody has it as good as we have it. Right. So, like, as hard as these things are to watch, sometimes it's important to, like, make, at least for me, to, like, make myself watch these things mm-hmm. just so I can appreciate how, how good life is here in America. Absolutely. And also, like, I mean, it was definitely a, it was slow, very, very slow. And yeah. it was dealing with. It's a lot language, of hard issues, a lot of hard things. to. Lot, to... Yeah, a lot of hard, a lot, a lot of hard hitting issues. And so, like, they're really taking their time with this story. And so, like. It's it's not the typical watch. Obviously, we we go to to film and TV shows for escapism, but some of these stories are told for the exact opposite reason. Yeah, we like, need that education. That, right, and it, it is an edu- it, it is a learning moment. Absolutely, like you you want to like these type of movies kind of like opens your eyes. Like yeah. if you're not able, and this is one of the great things about movies and TV shows. You might not be able to travel all across the world and see these different locations, but that's what the travel channel's for. So you maybe see things that you haven't seen before, but but also for movies like this to showcase, like, hey, this this is a real thing that happened. I, I live in America now, but it wasn't as easy as just being born here. We had to work our asses off and go through basically life and death decisions and scenarios and very scary decisions at a young age to to be in this country and it's it's it was yes it was a very hard thing to watch um but i think that the the way that they decided to tell that story was how they tied it it all together like um when you hear it and it and it clearly sounds like just like a voice recording and this Mm -hmm. is where like i think the animation really helped move the story along because it seems like some of the what they recorded 
like was just the maybe just the audio of that moment but then they can beautifully recreate it using using this animation this style of uh, using the animation to help to help tell the story as a film not just not just a documentary right and 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 i think that's where to me where this movie shines as well as like you have this hard-hitting story now how do you want to present it and they could have easily just done a document style audit we didn't have to see anyone's faces they could have done reenactments they could have done old footage they could have done like you know any other documentary that we see like you know fabricated footage you know um but they decided to go to the route of animation i think the animation made it personal made it very because we were able to see exactly what he was what, what he was describing for, yeah. for to, to hit that message harder to home exactly um, <clears throat> And I think, like I said, I was saying earlier, showcasing the 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 real life footage, it's like, okay, this is what th- these are my this is my story, and this is it through animation form. But just to hit it home, here are the real life images of what that looks like, and that that was to me that was a very um, good use of like that's where the documentary style comes in there, and also Riz Ahmed has a very soothing voice to kind of like his it was it was interesting because it was a mix of of of, of English because a lot of there was English in there we did get the English dub on you on Hulu um, but it was also a lot of levels where when they were talking um, I forget I don't know what the exact dialect was but when they were talking in a foreign language the subtitles were there for that um, hmm. but Riz Ahmed when he was telling that story it's like he can put you to sleep man he, it was it was very, very like, soothing, very like, soothing, very <laughs> low, very like his tone was like, I'm telling you a very serious story. And also he's he's part of that storytelling element because like you can as he's telling the story, you, you can tell there's pain there, too. Like like you can tell that this person doesn't really want to share, but feels the need to share. And and good on Riz Ahmed. It seems like he with his career, he's. He's, you know, wanting to to tackle these to tackle these things because, you know, we just saw the his live action short, which is very, very intense. And it's not the same as this, but I feel like it tackles the same subject matter. I I agree. And obviously the the long goodbye is a live action short, which is available on his YouTube channel. Yeah, um, it's very good. It is very good. And we talked about it last week and we're going to talk about it again in our Oscars episode. But um like that was a very personal story for him and he was definitely much you know on the the producing end of this and the um and the, he was also part of it acting wise and but to your point it does feel like that he's he's being very particular the, the project that he's choosing especially with last year with sound of metal that was another such a great movie. fucking movie oh my gosh yeah. it's definitely one of my favorites from last year absolutely and so i totally agree with that it's such a heartbreaking story and so you can tell as an actor He's taking his, you know, his decisions on what he wants to put his name to very seriously. And within the last two years, we got to see some amazing work that comes out of him. Uh, and he did produce it. Not his, no, Flea is not his personal story, but he definitely co-signed it by producing it and providing his voice for it. I'm definitely looking forward to anything else that he comes out. Anything else that he's going to be a part of moving forward. Uh, like he yeah. just, it just seems like every time I see him, like I'm going to... Like um, I, I look forward to looking what of what he's gonna of what he's a part of. Right, and not to say that he hasn't been a part of you know other things. He's definitely uh, he was in Rogue One. He, yeah, he was he in played, Nightcrawler. He was in Nightcrawler too. He was in so Venom. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, 
Venom. <laughs> not, not, not the best move. <laughs> not the best example. <laughs> not, yeah, that's, that was the past. And, and he was great in Rogue One. So. He was. Let's, let's put, leave, and he also has his own show coming out soon. Um, called Andor. It's a prequel to Rogue One, and he's the star in it. Oh. So, okay. Uh, so I believe that's coming out sometime this year. Uh, at some point, so he's like, also going to be in a li- in a modern adaptation of Hamlet that's set in London. He's where he's oh. playing Hamlet. It's in pre-production. Okay. It's uh, there, so it'll be a couple years before we hear about that. But that's something sure. he has on his uh, IMDb on the coming up on the horizon. Okay, so that that's, that's, I can totally see that coming to flourish. Like that could be good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but more again, like you can tell that aside from Venom, that he's putting himself into projects that he feels very passionate about, and maybe that's where he wants to go moving forward. Yeah. Or that, that tell these very specific stories that he wants to get across and put his name on, and so like that is that that's admirable because like he could just do the cheap money grab route, and you know maybe he did that with Venom, but I'm not saying that he did that. With Venom. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I for, totally forgot he was in Venom, and that's a very bad taste in my mouth now, but. Um, <laughs> But either way, Ernesto, final thoughts on Flea? Uh, it's good. It's a it's a hard watch. The the material is important, um, but not something that I think I can go and revisit and rewatch right away. Like uh, maybe mm. it, it could, and and not to say I mean for me it's it's more of a one and done. Like I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna be good for a while before I can go back and rewatch this. I feel like that's a lot of the cases with some of these Oscar movies is like, you know, we were talking about Spencer, Nightmare Alley, um, you know, and some of these documentaries is like, I don't think these are meant to be watched over and over and over again. I think these, from my opinion, these are like, this is what highlights the specific category for the year. Mm. And these, this is what they decided to do with the art. I don't think it's meant to be like, it's meant to be shared. And they wanted to get their art and their message across. But, like, once you saw it, they don't expect you to watch it again. I think they just want you to see it once to see the specific story. Yeah. And I feel like a lot with a lot of these Oscar movies and, you know, con- and all these nominees, that's what's part of it. Like, they want to rec- they want to be recognized for their piece of art and their story to be told. And, I, you know, with Flea, it got us there. It did. I and, I and I don't think we need to watch it again. I, I agree. It's a hard watch. It's not to say, hey, everyone, let's sit down and watch this very important movie called Flea. <laughs> I was like, I can recommend it to you, but you can watch that in your own time. Yeah, you I, can go I, back I, and watch I, it. I did that already. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's our spoiler review and our foreign film of the month, Flea. Um, we're going to be diving into more Oscar foreign films next month. We'll be... I believe the next one on the docket is the Oscar-nominated film uh, Drive My Car, which is a Japanese film. So we'll be diving into that next month as our foreign film. Um, but but yeah, and we also, if you have any other foreign films that you want us to review and think are going to be really good for us to watch, let us know. Let us know. We have an email, boxofficebingers at gmail.com. Love to hear your recommendation, as well as the all-so-good social media channels. That's right. The social media channels where you can continue to be in contact with us at Instagram, 
on Instagram, not at Instagram, on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and on Facebook at box office bingers and on TikTok at box office bingers. It's all there, all the movie fun. The fun continues after the conversation and lives over there. Um, and you can also get the latest news, movie show on Mondays, what's new to stream on Fridays. It's all there, all a lot of fun, a lot of wealth of information over there. Uh, Ernesto, tell lovely listeners what they can look forward to next week. Next week, we are reviewing. Sorry, I got to pull it up because I forgot. <laughs> uh, we are staying on the Oscar route, and we are reviewing Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Um, if those who don't know, starting on March 2nd of 2022, it'll be available for video on demand for only $6. There you go. I think which it's is, March which 1st. Is why, which is why – I'm sorry, March 1st, which is yeah. why we're waiting because right now <laughs> – because right now – it's twenty dollars, and you know what? Yeah. Here at Box Office Bingers, <laughs> we like to save money. <laughs> Absolutely, we, we, we like a good deal there. Yeah, we, we, all, we don't. Red Box, it, buy one get one, or you get a couple like a dollar off. You know, those matter because then you, that's you, more money we have for more movies later. There you go. You know, you know what's so funny? You mentioned, you just mentioned Redbox. I had, I, I did errands this morning. I just picked up a Redbox movie because I got a one dollar and twenty five cent off code, which that. I, I paid seventy nine cents for a rental. You can't beat that, people. Cannot beat that. You can't beat it. So yeah, so find out what movie I rented. On next, next week's episode. Ooh, look at that yeah. red box tease. <laughs> the, red, <laughs> the branding, the red box tease. The red box tease. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, come back. We're gonna talk more about the Oscars, and then the week after that, Ernesto. I know we kind of tease it already, but we're gonna be reviewing the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's gonna be a fun episode. We have. I'm a, really looking forward to that one. I've if all, I've if got good stuff, vibes. I got a lot of good vibes for on oh this Batman God. film. Yeah, so do I. Not only the Batman film, but the episode that goes with it. If all the stars align, Ernesto, we're gonna have a great, great yeah. group of people with us to talk about the Batman. The Batman. So yeah, you're not gonna want to miss any of that fun next week. Uh, yeah, we always have a good time here. Uh, so there you go. Uh, thank you everyone for listening we really do appreciate it come back next week for more fun and for that I've been your host Matt Diaz been Ernesto Santos see ya